what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and it is Tuesday night. I just got back to the Bay Area. I was in LA this past weekend, and I'm here with my co host from the weekend in LA. T up. T up, are you there? Yo, what's up, Justin? Last time I seen you, I guess you were at, you were at my house. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was at your house. Some uh, lovely, lovely football, Sunday night football, and uh, yeah, now you're back home. How was the trip? It was good, man. So I, uh, for those that are curious, you know, uh, I I drove, I drove from the Bay Area to to L.A. I was there for. Uh, a homie's wedding. Shout out to Justin Chan and Lily Tran, or well, I see now that the, the Chans. Congratulations on getting married. Um, but I drove to LA um, because I wanted to kind of take my time. So I was there from from Saturday to Tuesday. Had the chance to go to OC, whether it's Anaheim or La Habra. I uh, checked out Pasadena. I was in downtown. Checked out Venice Beach, Santa Monica. So I had a pretty good trip, man. And I just got back home like. About an hour ago, so um, the traffic back home it wasn't too. Uh, it wasn't that great, man, because in the Bay Area it's raining right now, and you know how people are driving wise when there's rain. Okay, what was your total travel time to get back? It took me about six, 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 six and a half hours or so, but it was more so the thing where. You know, when you get back to the Bay Area and it's raining, that the traffic wasn't that great. It took like another half an hour ish or so than than I would have liked, but it's all good, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, glad you made it home safe, and uh, it, was, it was nice to have you over once again. Oh yeah, for sure. No, uh, we watched a great game too. So, um, me and T up and a couple of other other friends, a couple of Rams fans, a couple of Niner fans, and whatnot. Uh, we got together at, at T up's pad. He hosted a watch party. We checked out Sunday Night Football, and man, that was that was an awesome game. So you have the Niners; they are ten and one right now. They are first place in the NFC West. Uh, they defeated the Packers at home. Packers eight, Niners thirty-seven. We'll talk about that more in detail uh, earlier in that Sunday for Week Eleven. I'm sorry, Week Twelve. Week Twelve already? Huh? It's already Week Twelve. Man, that's crazy. Week 12 it is. That's crazy. So the Seahawks are second place and not in two. They had a tough road game at Philly. A little ugly. We'll talk about that as well. But Seahawks, they played, uh, you know, another tough win for the Seahawks. They came out 17-9 against the Eagles. Conversely, I just saw this last night. I'm sure we can talk about this more as well, especially since I was just in L.A. I'm sure you saw this Rams game on Monday Night Football. And they had a nice win on Sunday Night Football the previous week against the Bears. And so back-to-back home games in prime time. But this time around, it was the uh, Lamar Jackson show on Monday night. Oh, my God. It was the Ravens 45 the Rams six. It was twenty-eight to six at halftime. Lamar Jackson had five touchdowns passing. Yikes! Yikes for the Rams. We'll talk about that in a bit. Lastly, the Cardinals. They were on a bye week, so they've dropped four straight. They are three, seven, and one. So once again, Niners ten and one, Seahawks nine and two, Rams six and five. 
and the Cardinals 3-7-1. and Tee up. What to do, baby? What are your thoughts about the mm-hmm. NFC West right now? Uh, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. I guess, uh, I mean, starting from the top, a lot of these on Niners, they just, that, you know, their defense is just playing at a, such a high level right now where it, it's really going to take an elite type of offense to, to and a mobile quarterback to you know, kind of penetrate that defense and find its gap, get in, get in open space and create a play. Right. Um, for sure, you know, Jimmy, he had a great game. Debo Samuel is back to back. Obviously, Jeremy Hill is back um, So, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more in detail, but that was, that was a great game. It really, Touching prime sunlight, it even have a chance for playoffs they had to run the table and I don't think they can do that mm-hmm. moving forward you, you can't be playing this sort of football this late in the season you know especially their defense the defense is very it's very penetrable right now the secondary is real shaky Jalen Ramsey they went out to go get him they spent two first round draft picks to get him um, but you know the, 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 the secondary still looks very uh, very porous there's ways, to, there's ways to gash him and Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram they just Jesus like they just they let they let LA have it yeah, I know. It was it was crazy. If anything, um, since you are in L.A., I didn't get the chance to check out the radio on the drive back to NorCal, but, I mean, are they pretty critical? Is the season over for Rams fans? Are they optimistic? I mean, this is like, you know, the day right after the, the shit show, but, I mean, what, what are people saying right now from Rams Nation? Yeah, for sure. AM radio. I listen to AM radio every morning, and, uh, they're definitely being very critical of the, of the Rams. They're basically all in all is they, they need to win the rest of the games to have a chance. And to, yeah. looking at the AFC, uh, the NFC right now, the wild card, the two wild cards, they only have two losses. So pretty much a miracle has to happen okay. in these last four weeks. They need, they need to win the rest of their games. Minnesota is playing Monday night against Seattle, so that's kind of a two-edged sword for for LA. Because if LA if Seattle wins, then obviously they gain a game gain on on LA, and then if Minnesota wins, you know it's kind of yeah the wild card, um, right? <laughs> another wild card, yeah. So yeah. Just, 
No, it's it's a trip in the NFC right now. The NFC as a whole, just as a conference. I mean, you have the Vikings, the Seahawks, you have the Cowboys, who who um, you know who just lost to the Patriots. But there's a lot of real competition for the wild card spots right now, and you know they're trying to play their best football as well. So I'm not too sure about the Rams right now. I think that I I listened to a couple podcasts along the way back home in regards to the Rams and just you know. They only rent Todd Gurley. He rushed the ball six times for twenty-two yards, and it's 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 one of those things about their offensive identity. And given you know they were down earlier on zero to fourteen, uh, a two touchdown deficit to start the first quarter, first half, and so they abandoned the run really early. Uh, and I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to go about it. Uh, given I know that Robert Woods was back, it was good to see him back. He had about six catches for 98 yards. Brandon Cooks came back off his concussion, but you know, once again, this this offense is it's just uh, it's pressing right now, and especially when they they were down two scores early on. Um, you put Jared Goff in a real bind, and I don't think he's the type of quarterback at, at this point in his career. I don't think he's the type of quarterback that can kind of get them past. The mold if they're down that many points, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this: it, you know, it, it feels like the Rams they rolled the dice on signing golf during the off season for that big money, that five year. Was it a five year contract? It's uh, it's a pretty hefty deal. Yeah, no, he, he got legit franchise quarterback money. I, I got to double check off spot track, but that boy got yeah, paid. Anyway, he got paid. That's for so, sure. So they rolled the dice, hoping that Jared Goff would be. You know, their franchise quarterback, which, I mean, the money says so, but his, his play hasn't been, you know, uh, up, to the, up to the contract that he's been signed, in my opinion. So do you think that the Rams lost out in that deal, or do you think the Rams did the right thing, but golf is still kind of TV? This is a big picture decision for for the Rams because they're in a very tight spot in which, you know, draft picks wise, they've pretty much gone all in on this team for the next two years or so because they don't have any draft picks anymore, whether it's been for Jalen Ramsey, Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters, and Don DeConsu, like um, Dante Fowler. You know, they've acquired a whole bunch of talent and they've given away draft picks um, to get this talent. And, you know, they they put their money where their mouth is. They, they paid golf. Um, but the one thing that, that they really didn't foresee is just this offensive line, you know, because this Sean McVay offense is very, very much contingent upon a good, strong running game, very similar to Kyle Shanahan, where, you know, very play-action-centric. Um, but at the same time, too, this offensive line, I mean, Evans and Edwards, they came in. They're rookies. They're starting at you know right guard and right tackle. They're doing okay. Blythe at center, but there's just been so much shuffle on this offensive line. I don't think they necessarily saw this going into the season. They felt that, you know, I mean, even last year when they were in the Super Bowl, they were a top 10 unit as an offensive line, and that has dropped down significantly. So I think it really goes back to the point of this offseason. Do you think they can sharp the offensive line? And everything will be a quick fix from there. Because otherwise, if you have real-time questions about Jared Goff or even Todd Gurley, I mean, those two are one of the highest-paid players on the team right now. If you have any doubt about that, then, yeah, you might have to make that tough decision. But 
they're kind of uh, put into very it's very tough for them to kind of recoup or rebound from this because they already gave up the draft picks let's just say that you know Mm, yeah, that's a great point. But draft picks has really, I mean, and going Jalen Ramsey trading two first round draft picks for him and holy smokes! If, if and also correct me if I'm wrong, but they're still paying for the Brandon Cooks. Yeah, no, they and they just gave. Uh, I mean, they they traded a first round pick to get Brandon Cooks. They gave him a pretty ginormous deal as well. And so, I mean, if you're gonna re- read the tea leaves, you know, if if you're gonna ask me like big picture, I don't think. They're gonna pull the plug on this because you know they they showed at the deadline by trading for Jalen Ramsey that they do believe in this team, they do believe in this core. So I think it's more so what can they do at the offensive line? What can they do? Take a step back, get back to basics, and move forward. Because uh, outside of that, they're not gonna do a hard reset. There's no way they're gonna do a hard reset because they can't. They really can't right now. Um, I don't. I mean, if yeah, they, I don't think they're going to do a hard reset. I think that McVay is going to find a way to make it work. It might not happen this year. Well, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but for sure next season and off season, he has to find, you know, create some inter- interesting trade packages to entice some teams to make a trade, and maybe that's downgrading at certain positions in order to uh, upgrade at their weaknesses, but. You know, I don't think, like you said, I don't think McVay is done with this roster. No, no. If anything, he's built this roster the way he wanted to. But like I said, he didn't foresee the offensive line being this poor either, where it affects the run game, it affects play action, it affects Jared Goff, uh, it affects Todd Gurley, for, for that matter. It affects this run game. So it's just, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's one in the trenches. And if you're losing in the trenches right now it makes it really tough in your offense and you know the Todd the Todd Gurley mystery still it still continues I mean what's going on well here's the thing against the Bears he had season high 28 touches 25 carries 3 catches they won the game Um, I won't say in convincing fashion but it was good to see them get back on track on what they really do well, which is run the ball, do play action with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a different quarterback in play action versus in obvious passing you know, situations. But uh, this game, that's why I'm a little bit critical. They got behind early, and then they completely abandoned the run in the first, you know, the first half. They were down mm-hmm. 14-0, and then you never saw Gurley again run the ball, right? Yeah, and I don't know exactly if Jared Goff is the type of quarterback where if they're going to need two scores at, in the fourth quarter, I don't know exactly if he's the quarterback to, you know, put, I feel like he, he needs a safety blanket, and his safety blanket before was Todd Jordan. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of similar to, to the Bucks game, too, when they lost to the Buccaneers, where they, they got down early. And Jared Goff, I mean, he, he balled out. I think he had 400-something yards, but he also dropped back like 50-ish times as well. And that's not Sean McVay football. And that's not winning football for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. But. And yeah. Hard. I mean, he's been having a lot of interceptions lately. He had three last games, and the game prior to that, didn't he have one? Who are you talking about? Interceptions. Who's Jared Goff? 
He had a couple. He had a couple. Yeah, he had a couple to, uh, on Monday nights. And what makes it even worse for that game is one of the interceptions came to Marcus Peters, former Rams cornerback that they traded a fifth round pick for. I'm sure he took all the pleasure, all the pleasure to make that mark at LA, at the Coliseum. That was pretty. For sure. For sure. Hey, you seem to do a little bit of trash, trash talking between him and Jalen Ramsey post game. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And you know, Marcus Peters being from the Bay, that's kind of like that's kind of on par, on par with his character. I, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I know. I, I get it. But yeah, overall, just just a nasty game for the Rams, for this Rams Nation fan base, especially so late. Uh, as of right now, I I don't know about this Rams team. They maybe they, they run the table moving forward, but I'm I'm just not seeing it right now. I'll tell you that to you. <laughs> yeah, they gotta for sure. And you know, with the stadium coming next year, and then this is the final product that you could have put out before the stadium opens. Uh, you know, it's we'll see we'll see how it goes. It could be a quick turnaround though. Like, like I said, if they just shore up the offensive line kind of get back on track to what they're trying to do it could be better but they gotta they gotta get their stuff together let's just say that yep okay well that's one game that was Monday night Lamar Jackson wowed them embarrassed them what about the Seahawks game that, that you saw against the Eagles that was a pretty that was a pretty ugly game as well um, 17 to 9 the Eagles they had some opportunities, but you know it was good to see this defense. They this defense forced turnovers on the road with no Jadavion Clowney. Clowney did not play this game. Um, Seahawks did a little bit of trickery as well. Their first touchdown was off a double pass, um, where it was kind of like a little flea flicker from from Wilson. He passed it all the way to, to Malik Turner, his first career touchdown, and then uh, it was nice to see a little bit of Rashad Penny. He had the um, the late game touchdown it was like a 30 35 yard run um kind of a timeshare between him and chris carson which was interesting but you know all in all you know statistically it wasn't good for fantasy football owners but a win is a win uh what is your take about this game i mean yeah it was just a gritty seattle seahawks type of win i think it was a great win for seattle it's uh you know, coming into you know what going West Coast East Coast a 10 a.m. game slot is always uh, challenging for the West Coast teams, especially playing in Philly in that cold weather uh, and playing on grass. They that was a signature win from from Seattle. They got up, they protected the lead, even though they couldn't make much, they couldn't get into a good flow on offense. I think during the whole game, they still were able to. You know, capitalize on Philly's weaknesses. They caused some turnovers. I think there was an interception there too. Uh, two by Wentz. They disrupted his his uh, pocket when he was in the pocket. It was just an overall good win coming to the East Coast, especially being in this late of the season where every game counts. It was um, solid win by by Russell. Yeah, a little frustrating for Eagles fans too because seventeen to nine, they had a couple opportunities to make this game interesting. There was a, a swing pass that went saw to Miles Sanders in the flats, where I, I thought if he if he th- threw him a good ball, um, there was no one really there in that region for a touchdown uh, in the red zone. But what 
Wentz did is he threw it away ahead of him. It was a pretty poor throw. There's that. I mean, they, they shot themselves in the foot quite a bit, you know, given that there was no Austin Jeffrey, there was no there was no Nelson, there was a lot of players that were hurt. Um, Zach Ertz had 12 catches for 91 yards and a touchdown, but outside of that, uh, the receivers were pretty uh, were pretty bad. They cut Jordan Matthews after this game too, which kind of sucks. But uh, conversely, Seahawks, like I mentioned before, it was good to see a little bit of Rashad Penny. He had 14 carries for 129 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this passing offense by Russell Wilson, one touchdown, one interception, 200 passing yards. Nothing really stood out. Um, the Eagles did a good job containing this offense. So. If anything, it was um, shout out to the defense. McDougal, Flowers, they had two picks, respectively. And yeah, man, it was good to see uh, Ziggy Ansah finally kind of waking up, too. He had one and a half sacks. So without Jadavion Clowney on the road, it wasn't pretty for this offense, but they did just enough to get by. And so they are a gritty 9 and 2, the Seahawks team. One game, just one game behind the Niners right now. One game, and they won't go away. Um, chasing that first place NFC West spot, so that's going to be good. Interesting coming up. Uh, you know, for Seattle, that was—I don't know—they're they're playing at a very high level right now. That's and it's very uh, concerning if you are, you know, a Niners fan. But it's it's good to have that rivalry back and. You know, it's going to come down to the wire. And coincidentally, you know, we Niners play Seattle in week, week 17. Seattle, yep. So that's going to, that's definitely going to be a game that matters. As of right now, Seahawks won Niners 0 in the divisional matchup. So they'll play the last game of the season, and it might matter quite a bit. Seriously, they're only one mm-hmm. game, they're only one game between each other. So we'll find out. We'll find out. But Russell Wilson, shout out to him, man. Doing it week after week, just tried and true. Yes, sir. Lastly, this was the game that I came to your place for the watch party. Sunday night football. Kind of a I mean, this is this is kind of funny. So initially the Seahawks and Eagles were scheduled to be the primetime game on Sunday night football, but they got flexed out after the Seahawks beat the Niners on Monday night football. The Seahawks won and they got rewarded with getting flexed out. To put the Niners on Sunday Night Football against the Packers, Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't know, I don't know, a, a little bit of bias on my end, but it was a blowout. It was thirty-seven. No, we're not biased. <laughs> of course we're not. We're not biased on this podcast. Of course not. No. So we what? we would never. So I don't know if uh, the rest of the nation was entertained, but. You know, I had a great time watching this 37-8 to bashing on primetime football. This is a very... And, and here's what, what a lot of people were saying going to this game. You know, the Niners have a weak schedule. They haven't played anyone legitimate. They're going to learn tonight when they play the Packers, right? They're going to learn tonight. It's going to be a real close game either way. The spread was Niners minus, minus 3 over under 48. Um, I predicted like 27-24. I think uh, one, of our, one of our boys, James, predicted 30 to 27, but it felt like a field game, field goal game t- type of game in terms of like game predictions. But I don't think anyone foresaw this 37 to 8 
stomping by the Niners in which Aaron Rodgers, he threw for 104 passing yards. Um, He averaged, I think, five yards per attempt. I think overall with, with his attempts collectively, he averaged about three yards. Um, this run game, Aaron Jones, he had 11 rushing touchdowns going into the season or going into this game. He only had like 30-something rushing yards. Um, this was a big statement win for the Snyder's team, and they did it without D. Ford. They did it without Quan Alexander, but they were still able to get five sacks. And, you know, it was the first time in a bit where I saw Aaron Rodgers pretty pretty flustered from the, um, the Snyder's front four. Tia, what was your takeaway with this game? Is this... I don't know. Yeah, what, what do you make of this? Uh, I would say the Niners, they still have their skeptics. And they make they make the skeptics, they do not hide. And they let it be known that they they don't believe in the, uh, in the Niners. So I think skeptics should keep being skeptics and the Niners should keep playing the game. And it is what it is, right? Like, we're just going to keep playing. We're just going to keep showing the world. I did see an interesting stat, though, I wanted to share with you. What's up? But do you know when the last time the Niners won Sunday Night Football? When is the last time the Niners did what? Well, broadcasted on Sunday Night Football. Um, I don't know. Like pretty, re- pretty recently, I feel like the Niners have been getting a lot of primetime football. Am I right? No? Yes, no? For Sunday Night, though. Hmm... I'll take a stab. Was it Seahawks or Packers? I, I, I don't know. The last time that the Niners were on Sunday Night Football, believe it or not, was 2016. It's been four years since the Niners have been on primetime Sunday Night Football television. Pretty interesting. That is interesting. And considering they got flexed into Sunday Night Football, I mean, it says a lot. Of, well, obviously, ten, they're ten and one right now, but that is interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, this was just, um, at least in my mind, a good convincing win. But then let me ask you this: tee up. You know, it seems like this pass rush, this defense excels with pocket quarterbacks. I thought Aaron Rodgers wasn't necessarily a pocket quarterback because he's mobile and nimble enough to move in the pocket roll out and make plays, but man, this uh this defense feasted on Aaron Rodgers. They gave him they gave him hell. Uh do you think that's strictly for pocket quarterback? Do you think the Niners struggle against mobile quarterbacks only or um what would say you about this defense? <laughs> this defense is crazy. Like it's just nuts. Unrelenting. You got also come from one side. You got Demontre Moore who he did lose season ending injury, but he comes uh the returner, DJ Jones, just phenomenal. You got Eric Armstead. You got DeForest Bugner. You got Solomon Thomas. I mean, they're coming from all different angles. And it's going to be, I mean, we only played one mobile quarterback this season twice. Well, two. You know, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> so two. Okay. So three games. And... Colin Murray definitely gave us a run for our money. There was a couple times when he had the opportunity to win the game. Yep. But unfortunately, he didn't. Um, and then Russell Wilson, obviously, he kind of did his thing. He could, he always could slip, you know, through the back door and escape tackle and create a, a positive yard play. Um, 
We're going to get tested again. Uh, I'm sorry. Niners are going to get tested again this Sunday against Lamar Jackson, who is definitely in the conversation for an MVP. So let's go ahead and segue into that. We've talked about all the games that happened in Week 12. So let's look forward to to Week 13. So 10 o'clock game, Pacific Standard Time at least, 10 a.m. game. It's the Niners. They travel East Coast to Baltimore. Okay. Baltimore, you're talking about a hot Baltimore team. They just scrapped the Rams 45-6. to Lamar Jackson... I think right now he's the front runner for MVP. You could have made a case for Russell Wilson. You could have made a case for Patrick Mahomes. But as of right now, the national spotlight, all eyes are on Lamar Jackson and this offense. Former Niners offensive coordinator Greg Roman, he's killing the game right now with Lamar Jackson under center with their rushing attack, their three tight end sets, Hollywood Brown, I mean, Mark Andrews. They are balling right now. And so... A stellar offense against a stellar defense in the Niners. What do you think the line is for this game? In Baltimore, 10 a.m. slot. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, it is. Just guess the line right now. For West Coast team travel in that morning slot. So let's say I'm going to go Baltimore minus three. Minus three, okay. No, man, it opened at four and a half, and right now, the public. I think I think it's because of this Monday Night Football game, just what happened at LA. But it went. It opened at four and a half. Ravens right now, it's at six. Ravens minus. Six. Yeah, man. As of right now, Ravens minus six over under forty six right now. Okay. Yeah, I do see. Yeah, I do see one line saying uh, Ravens six and a half. But mind you, I mean this is coming off a pretty convincing win against the Rams, so it might taper down a bit. But you know that, that's what I see right now. The public is taking Baltimore, and rightfully so. You know they're the hot team right now. Okay. In the okay. And then what do we have next? Ooh. Uh, okay. And then the one o'clock game. So the Cardinals. Come back, well rested off their bye. Just to remind you again, they, they've dropped four straights, but they've been pretty damn competitive in their last four games, except for, well, except for the Saints. But every other game in that four game span has been pretty competitive. And so they're hosting a wounded Rams team. It's a divisional game. You would assume that the Rams are favored, but they're on the road at Arizona. It could be a trap for the Rams. Um, they're a bit dejected right now, but I don't know. What's the line for this one, Tee-Up? Rams versus Cardinals. This is the only divisional game of this week. So Rams are favored, huh? They could, uh, just guess the line. I mean, you would assume they would be favored, right? I mean, the Cardinals are yeah. last place, right? I'm going to go... Uh, I'm just going to go with another... Well, I was going to say a Vegas line, but no, I'm going to go Rams minus three. You got it on the money. It opened at three and a half. Uh, I see it range from three and a half to three. So, you know, a pretty close line right now. Cardinals, they, they have a little bit of, you know, they got that upside with Kyler Murray and, and what they've been able to do in recent weeks. 
And right now, I don't think the public is too high on the Rams. I can see a lot of people going the other way and betting on the home dog, the home underdog, and go go for go for the Cardinals, especially since they're well rested coming off the bye. Yeah. yeah. Well, Vegas basically is saying that the Rams are slightly better, but not by much. No, no. It could be a coin toss. Not by much. Uh, that's crazy, though. It's crazy how the Rams their their stock is slowly descending downwards. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're, they're nosy. Let's just say that. All right, last game, and you can't forget about them Seattle Seahawks. And so Sunday night football games. So they didn't get the prime time last week against the Eagles, but they get it this week, and it's a pretty good one, man. They host at Seattle, so you're gonna get the 12s involved at Seattle, and they are hosting. Speaking of wild card. You mentioned this earlier, but they're playing the Vikings. They're hosting the Vikings right now. And the Vikings, they've been rolling respectively. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs. I mean, they are coming off third bye week. They're well-rested, and they know that, honestly, you know, it's within their division. The Vikings, the Packers, I mean, they're going to go back and forth within their division. Kind of like the Seahawks and the Niners. And so... You have the Vikings and the Seahawks, who are both second place in their division. So they're essentially fighting, as of right now, for the wild card spot. This is a really good game. What do you think the line is for this? Ooh. In Seattle, Minnesota just lost the last game, I believe, right? They did. Uh, don't quote me. I think they did. Um, but they had a bye week, so they're well rested right now. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna go Seattle. Mm. This is a tough one. I'm gonna put it right in the middle of a Vegas line. I'm gonna go Seattle minus three and a half. Okay. And by the way, just to correct, I, I double checked. The Vikings they were down like 23 to, to nothing in the first half, oh, half to the Broncos, game. but they came back and beat the Broncos 27 to 23. So they're actually they got the hot hand right now. So they beat the Broncos. They're they mounted that comeback. They get a bye. But let's go ahead and put it, put it all together. Uh, you said three and a half. Tee up. Yes, sir. You are good. Pretty damn close. I'll, I'll give it to you. It's Seahawks minus three over under 49. So that's okay. that's right there. So all little, all little field goal spreads this week. All the games are pretty close in the NFC West, except for the Ravens game. That's a, That'll be a very intriguing one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, anywho, so that's that's all we have. Wow. Say it again. I was gonna say it's a, it's a good it's a good uh, point of uh, games this Sunday. Week thirteen should be should be pretty lit, man. A lot of close games at hand. So. Yes, sir. All right, TF. Well, I appreciate your time to recap the, the games on week twelve. Looking forward to week thirteen. Once again, guys, appreciate y'all following the pod, whether it's on Spotify or on iTunes, Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, this is episode 113, 113. We out here. Peace. Peace.